Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where we dive into conversations about psychedelics and healing. I'm your host, Christine. And I'm Leah. We invite you to listen with an open mind and heart and a little bit of curiosity while we break your brains along with some stigmas and make you laugh along the way. So let's get into it. After my mushroom experience, I think it's kind of led me hippie. Yeah. That's what you even want to call it. I don't even think that's what it's called. I don't know what I'm called, but like I was never into any of this stuff. And that's my experience. Like yeah. that's leading me closer to who I am. It doesn't mean that if you do mushrooms, you're going to start turning into a hippie. <laughs> so I'm like, you don't have to be like, that's who I am. So it's and not like at the end of the day, we have to remember that, you know, we are all spiritual beings full stop. Like it doesn't matter where you are in that journey. And we're going to encounter different medicine along the way. You know, I still am in a phase where certain things like hit me and I'm like, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, I don't know about but, the but aliens the, in the ocean. Right. I don't know. You know, I'm not living in the seventh, tenth dimensions. And like, you know, all of that stuff can can be there too. And yeah. we all don't have to be in the same place. I think that, you know, there's probably a lot of places that we can relate in the sense that, you know, I often think that when we, you know, we engage with Instagram and there's all of this sort of, um, I don't know, messaging around like you have to be in meditation for like an hour a day and you have to be only eating high vibe foods and you have to be doing mushrooms. And you have to be doing using Orosoma. All these like tools are really just things that we're adding. But honestly, right. like it's so much more about being able to, you know, subtract to release, to come back to just who we are. And sometimes those tools are useful, but most of the time those tools are, you know, just a means of getting to a place. I think there are a lot of people who, um, they just don't even know where to, where to start. And it is, it's, it is a lot and healing is a lot. There's a lot of information and you can do this, 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 and this, and let's just start. Let's just start. Welcome back to See You on the Other Side. And this is for all of our listeners and creepers is now, I think, I think we should totally call them that. I'm Leah and I'm here with Christine. And we have a very special guest for you guys today. Um, Erica. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hi. I feel so weird. Every time we do that, I feel like we're in like an AA meeting, like, hi, Erica. Um, but we've briefly mentioned her in a episode that came out a few weeks ago about, or was it just last week? Um, um literally last week where I look like a fucking freak the whole time. Cause you're like, what the fuck? What um, is happening? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so Erica, tell us a little bit about what you do here in Louisville and Indiana. Yeah. I, uh, own a company called guided place. And for me, I like to describe it as just a little spiritual studio. Uh, I'm an Orisoma practitioner. I read human design. I communicate with spirit guides and beyond. But right now my focus is still um, with guides at the moment. I'm a Reiki master. So I also uh, do color light therapy, which is part of an Orisoma, um, I guess, like wing or pillar. <laughs> which I want to get into. 
Yeah. Because I'm just going to say it. I don't really know what the fuck any of that is. Yeah. So, I mean, what's really interesting is like Orisoma on a whole is really new to the United States. There's only 43 practitioners here in, in the US. US. Mm-hmm. It's actually um, an English modality that was created by Vicki Wall. So um, it's really big in European countries. Uh, and so it's making its way here via more like uh, California and Sedona. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in good old Kentucky. Um, Sedona. I know. There's practitioners in New York as well, but it's very much a coastal thing right now. And I hope to be part of that change. I love it. So I love yeah. it. So you're bringing it here. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So what is it? Yes. So Orisoma <laughs> is, it's a system of color plant and crystal energetics. And there's many different ways to encounter these energetics, but um, the primary ways uh, you would come to a practitioner who's certified and you would stand in front of this wall of 121 equilibrium bottles. And these bottles, and I have them here for the viewers who are watching, but um, they're these dual color uh, bottles. They're glass bottles in the top and the bottom fraction uh, can have different colors. Sometimes they have the same colors, but each color is an energetic that means something. And when you come for a session, you know, we go into a meditative state, we access our highest self. It is a soul led therapy. So we always want to make sure that you're in your highest, best form as you're encountering this modality. And then you select four bottles You just trust your intuition on what you're selecting And each bottle, just like, you know, uh, the tarot has like a meaning for each card. Think about it the same way. Each bottle has its own meaning or its own wisdom. And so we would discuss, you know, what, what is that wisdom and how is it unfolding in your life right now? And it's really the language, the language of color is the language of the unconscious. And we're asking, you know, what does the soul want to bring to this level of consciousness so that you can either you know, clear, release, heal, or lean into, right? Um, So there are four key components to an Orisoma reading. You would um, look at a soul aspect. We would look at some resistance or challenges. Um, We would look at our gifts. We would look at the energy in here and now, and also what England loves to call the present future. (laughs) So it's kind of like, where is the energy? um, What is it coming towards us? And what can we do with that? Hmm. And so that's a primary way to work with Orisoma. And the next way would be through that color light therapy treatment. Um, and so that's done on uh, laying down on a Reiki bed. Uh, if you've ever received Reiki, the hands hovering or hands touching healing. Yep. It's very relaxing, gentleness. Um, if you think about uh, these energetics that are in the equilibrium bottles put in tiny glass vials. And those vials are put into a light pen. And those are put in different acupressure points along the body in response to your selection. So the bottles become these sort of spirit keys for where we want to work in the subtle anatomy. And it's really putting light on the pathway of our system of subtle anatomy. So if you think about, um, I don't know, I have never done psychedelics, but as far as like shrooms go, I often think that mushrooms, you know, they're, they're sort of decomposing what needs to be um, 100%. broken down. Yeah. And so I like yeah. to think about light therapy as, um, you know, burning what needs to be broken down. 
So that's why when uh, we do have clients who have memories, um, like Leah did, or things that were coming up, it's really showing us what we need to, to decompose in the system so that we can move towards ourselves, have more of ourselves. I was trying to explain to Christine what you were doing. Um, and my first meet with you, my first meeting with you was at a thing called Saturdays with Spirit. Yeah. And Which I did. I'm going to. She's coming with me. I've got yeah. a whole crew coming yeah. next. <laughs> what is got that? A couple posse. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I had a mini session with you, the Orisoma. And the beautiful colors, like you didn't have 121 bottles, but it was a smaller session. So I can't remember how many you had. But, you know, you, you said choose one. Um, what's really crazy is that same day I had already seen a medium. I had already had Reiki done. And then I saw you and you go, you, you choose a bottle intuitively, right? Like you don't cho- like if I was choosing my favorite color, it would have been a pink on pink on pink on pink. <laughs> <laughs> but the bottle I chose was just, I was like, I don't know why, but that one looks like what I need, which is kind of how you choose, right? Mm-hmm. It was just a gut. It was just an intuition, like a soul led choice. Um, And when you told me what that bottle was, I about died because every session that I had had that day was telling me the same thing, which was to trust myself, to trust my intuition, to trust my gut. And, um, I don't think you were, I don't know if you remember that because you probably saw a lot of people that day, but, but every session that I had before you was kind of saying the same thing. Like, you know what you're doing and you need to trust your instincts and you need to trust yourself. You're not going to lead you astray. Yeah. And it was, it was everything I needed to hear that day. And after that session, I remember looking at her and being like, so, uh, we have a podcast <laughs> and I kind of want you to come on. Cause you're kind of fucking amazing. Yeah. And, and then I went to go book another session with you, a full session. And I saw on your website that you do, I think I'm messing this up with the way, the way that I say, it. is it Kundalini or Kundalini? People say it different. It's so yeah, I know one. Okay. I say Kundalini. But Kundal- really that sounds no more like I know what I'm talking about. If I'm like, it's Kundalini. <laughs> it's not Kundalini. Right. <laughs> so I see that and I've been kind of doing my own, like everything that I'm diving into this keeps You're going down up. a rabbit hole. I, I hadn't even gone down that rabbit hole yet. I didn't even know what it was. I was just like, you know, I keep seeing this pop up. I need to do it. And I went to book an orosoma session and ended up booking that session. And correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to try to give this a very simple uh, explanation of what I understand of what Kundalini is. And this is where I want you to come in and be like, actually, it's this. (laughs) But I was explaining it to you this morning. Um, You know, we all have this, we talk about divine feminine energy and masculine energy. And as women, and especially as mothers, we are used to giving, 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 not receiving. We don't receive very well. We have a very hard time accepting help and we have a very hard time receiving when we need to. Um, and that's the feminine side of us. Feminine energy is about receiving. I'd wear my crystals on my left hand because that's the energy I want to have. And the right side is your masculine energy, your giving energy. Am I, are you following? I'm following. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So 
what I, after I had my session with you, I went down my rabbit hole. I was like, I think this is about balancing that because I have such a hard time receiving, receiving love, receiving help, receiving anything. Um, So whenever you are balancing those two modalities or those two energies, you receive and you give. And that's kind of what I am. Is that a very basic explanation? You're explaining it. And I think it is different for different people. It's also, you know, Kundalini is represented in many different cultures and different religions. Um, You can think about, you know, with Christianity, something more like, you know, the, the fire of the Holy spirit. Right. And you can also um, understand it as the energy that lies dormant in our, our spine, our core. Um, it's often represented uh, with serpents, snakes. Uh, think about it as coiled up three and a half times around the base of the spine. And it's this dormant energy that some people view as goddess energy, that divine feminine energy. Some people um, view it as you know, a uh, fire serpent energy, which would be more like um, life force energy, right? So there's many different viewpoints, and I'm I'm definitely not a Kundalini expert. Um, but the way Orsoma teaches us is that you know this particular treatment is asking us to, you know, inviting us into more of our own energy. So accessing that dormant energy to harmonize, to decondition to receive, right? And I love the balancing. That's often how it's depicted with the masculine and feminine, the, the two snakes um, coming up through the spine. And I don't know if you remember the feeling of the treatment, but we even go, you know, color by color, um, whether we're on a yin or a yang color, um, you know, we're going three and a half circles around that base point of the spine. And then we are um, going up the spine and out of the head. And really you see it often depicted as Kundalini as the phenomenon of awakening or enlightenment. Now I'm not trying to do a a Kundalini awakening in this session. Like that A would be irresponsible of someone to try and invoke for someone else in my opinion. Um, But what we are trying to do is say, let's get us in a state to allow yourself the permission to access this energy for harmonization in the subtle body and the physical body. Um, and I think that where Orsoma really gets it right is the sort of a personalized approach in that manner. So your soul-led selections are then helping me understand, you know, where are potential areas that we want to pay more focus to. And honestly, the, the energy of Kundalini is its own direction. Like, so... I'm responding to your body's response the entire time. But I do like having this sort of information that the bottles, you know, you know how you pick this single bottle? Yeah. And those are whether I even talked about it or not, because some things people don't have to know because they'll get too much in their head about it, um, is the chakra we wanted to focus on the most. Ah. Which I do remember being your solar plexus. Wow. Mm-hmm. I still have that bottle. Oh, you get to keep the bottle? Well, I bought it. Oh. So <laughs> that's, I guess I didn't mention the the way to use our summit. It's like, yeah. So if you're not doing color therapy, you can use the actual equilibrium bottles as body oil. So think about people who, you know, hold or wear crystals. It's like now you just like rub the crystals on you. 
that's what I like to explain it. Okay. So you, have, mm-hmm. you know, you have plant therapy, you have crystal energy, gemstone energy, and those energetics get put on you, whatever your ritual is, whether it's a two second, like adding it to my body or you're actually bathing in it. However you want to approach it is yours. You know, again, it's, you are your own greatest guide. And I think I love it. I do too. Yeah. And, and to me, so I use a bottle at home called the peace bottle because I'm a mom and I got a toddler and, you know, I want to separate the, um, sometimes the work self from the home self to, to, you know, disengage and transition into parent mode. And so I have this bottle, the peace bottle that I use, and it's a very simple um, phrase or mantra I use, which is like, I breathe in peace and I breathe out peace. And I use that bottle. And then that cues my system like, and now I am starting this part of the day. Um, but you can rise and set with your Orasoma bottle, meaning like when you wake up in the morning, you use your energetics. For me, I use, um, right now I'm using bottle 95. I'm kind of obsessed with it. I don't know. It's like the second time I've used it. I don't know what's happening. Kind of obsessed. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I'll ever move on. Bottle 95. Bottle 95. The shit. <laughs> Where it's fucking at. We need some of that. But it's helping me sort of own, um, you know, the message I have to share, it's helping me own the the wisdom within and the understanding of my divinity, which I think oftentimes we can get, you know, in the hustle and bustle of a life, you know, where, how we were talking earlier, where it's like to be spiritual or to be whatever we think that version or ideal is. Um, it reminds, reminds me that I already am that. Yeah. You know, and so waking up in the morning and reminding myself that, and before going to bed at night, reminding myself that. Yeah. Full stop. You know? I love your energy. She has a great energy. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, uh, I don't know if we'll put that part in here, but um, just to bring up what we were talking about earlier, Christine and I were having a conversation about um, where she is in her journey. And, you know, I know I'm the hippy dippy one. <laughs> It, it started, it's a transformation that's happened over the couple of uh, the past couple of years. And I think people are like, oh, I don't want to do mushrooms because I'll be like Leah. <laughs> so I don't think, so. no, not oh. that's what Jason used to say. Like, I don't want to oh. be that. Like you're getting weird on me. Well, it's just, it's, but that's me, right? That's my journey. And you're further, you're further along than I am by a couple of years. And, and, but it is, it's just who you are. And I think, you know, we're very similar, but we're also very, very different. And so I've, you know, I was kind of talking with you about it too, but I've been having this struggle of like, what glass box am I fitting in? But then I'm, I, I'm not like, cause I just, I'm, me, your box, your box. Yeah, I'm my own. Yeah. Your box. And I'm no my one's own. Further along or not, it's just kind That's of where true. we are. And actually, you know, you have you maybe had life experiences that have had you cultivate a sense of spirituality, whether that's resilience or um, connectivity or just other aspects of self. Yeah, that are further along than someone else in their journey is right. Yeah. So, you know, I often think. And I had said it earlier where it's like, okay, this ideal, you know, okay, well, we're meditating for like an hour a day. We're only eating high vibe foods. We're doing ceremony after ceremony. But like, think about what happens in your everyday experience where you are cultivating a sense of self or peace 
or compassion. And those micro lessons of every day is like spiritual boot camp, you know, so well, don't underestimate the yeah. power of a moment. And I feel like since, you know, I did psychedelics six months ago and I feel like since then I am six months into figuring out who I am. Mm. It hasn't been 34 years of figuring out who I am. It's been 34 years of me trying to fit into glass boxes and fit in with different people and different groups or whatever, or what's expected of me. But it's now six months of who's Christine. And I guess I'm going to be sharing it while we record each episode and just everyday life too. But I think that's beautiful. Well, hey there, shroomies. We are so excited to have our first official sponsorship with Colors Gummies, a game changer in the world of mushroom-infused treats. So let's dive into what makes Colors Gummies so unique and why we love them so much. For sure. Unlike other brands who use ground-up shrooms, Colors uses nano-mushroom extract from organically grown mushrooms. Their exclusive extraction process ensures purity and potency, making them five times more robust than raw mushrooms alone. Plus, their gummies carry a full-spectrum blend of tryptamines for that one-of-a-kind experience. That is amazing. So what about dosing precision? Yeah, so Colors addresses this issue with their proprietary nano-extract. It's water-soluble, ensuring a one-to-one dissolution ratio in water. No more unpredictable experiences, just a consistent and reliable dose every time. Ah, I love that. Okay, now let's talk comfort because sometimes I get shroom tummy, but not with colors gummies. Oh my God, same. And there's a reason for that. I always thought it was just completely unavoidable when taking shrooms. But with colors, their extraction process isolates active compounds, leaving behind the indigestible compounds. They're gentle on the stomach, so no shroom tummy with colors. Convenience is crucial too. Colors gummies are heat resistant and perfect for on the go. There is nothing worse than finding your melted mushroom chocolates in the bottom of your bag. Holy shit, right? <laughs> like good luck dosing that out. Colors gummies remain solid, heat resistant up to 180 degrees, but who the fuck is going in 180 yeah, degrees? <laughs> and if you are, you're not dosing mushrooms. <laughs> They're convenient for any adventure, so no mess, even distribution, reliable dosing, and a shareable experience. Okay, so now let's talk purity. Colors is committed to all natural and no synthetics. Yeah, so many brands use synthetic lab-derived compounds, but not Colors. They're committed to clean products free of inorganic lab-derived compounds, and all of their products undergo third-party lab testing for potency and purity. So there is a whole range of products from colors, including microdoses, perfect for those starting their journey or seeking a lighter dose, the double strength pouch for a more robust experience, and my new personal favorite, the Amanita Muscaria gummies for relaxation and stress relief. Ah, I love them too. They are also vegan, gluten-free, and made with real fruit juices and purees. Colors gummies are artisan-made and hand-poured for a truly exceptional experience. Ready to embark on a journey or microdose with colors? Visit the Colors Gummies link in our bio and use our code OTHERSIDE15 for 15% off your purchase. And most importantly, be safe and dose responsibly. Hell yeah. One of the things I said after the Kundalini session, Kundalini, Kundalini. Um, whatever, you know, 
this is kind of what I was explaining to her. Like, this is, this is my journey and it's not anyone else's. And the things that I'm into are not necessarily what other people are going to be into. This is for me. But I said to you after this experience, I was like, I feel like every time I do something like this, I feel closer to home. And then you said, like, that's actually on my website. And I was like, I didn't even read that part. Yeah. Come home to yourself. That's my, that's my whole thing. So this stuff that I'm into, this, this hippie, witchy, natural, whatever you want to call it, like that's everything that I'm doing. It feels right to me and it may not feel right to you. But I am doing some things that are different than you. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're your own box. Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, like, I I love the power of, um, you know, frequency. So think about, like, when I have something on my website, I'm very intentional about those words and what I'm calling in for that particular client. Right? Yeah. So there are going to be treatments or experiences that feel more accessible and other ones that might feel like it's for a specific part of your journey. Right. And that's purposeful. And I think any um, good practitioner isn't trying to say, Hey, I can meet everyone everywhere they are at all times. Oh gosh. You know? Um, And it's interesting because a lot of people come through me through to me through human design first. Like, it's like the human design is the gateway. And oh, so you do human design too? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, okay. I was loving your amateur reads. <laughs> I'm not calling you an so, amateur. So, no, it was amateur. totally amateur. Because I was like, I want to do a reading, like a full reading. I only know oh, yeah. what the app is telling me, and I don't even know what a full reading would look like. But I, that is like, I'm, you're, yeah. you might be seeing a lot of me. I, I love it. <laughs> Me I love too. It. So when yeah. you do, I guess we're on this part now. So you do human design reading. Mm-hmm. It goes more in depth though than like you're a manifester, you're a three, five. Like yeah. how does that look? Which yeah. we are both projectors mm-hmm. and you and I are projectors, but all three of us are three fives. Yeah. And we're all three non-sacral beings, which. Um, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> I was like, and that's like, that's why I love, I mean, I love the sort of intro, the the umbrella of existence where you start to look at the lens and then it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and I, you know, I think they say to study a full chart would take like seven years to actually, Holy shit. To actually know how to read the, the depth of a chart. Um, it is honestly, you know, it's a synthesis of five different languages. So there's, you know, so much is there. We've got the Hindu Brahmin chakra system. We have the I Ching. We have the Kabbalah tree of life. We have astrology. We have quantum physics all wrapped into this one lens. Um, so the levels that I read is I do love the introduction, right? A lot of the aha moments that you were seeing yourself and you're like, I, I, it felt affirming or it gave you more permission to be who you are. Right. I love those moments for people again, coming home to themselves. Right. And then the next layer that I love to read is the nine centers and the nine centers. If I'm assuming you got to see your body graph based on the thing. Yeah, I did. And that's kind of where I'm like shapes. There's nine different shapes. So we look at those shapes individually and, um, 
talk about what it means having the definition not having the definition or where um, your gates are activated and such and how they're connected. But it, to me, that next level were my deepest permission slips and my deepest sort of um, unlearning of the framework I had put myself in um, a feeling like not good enough or um, not palatable. (laughs) I actually did a post not too long ago about like the eight things that I feel like I had learned since going into human design and sitting down to like, just do that exercise. Like I was just in tears. Cause I was like, it's amazing that just this framework of support um, helped me see myself more clearly. And I originally got into it because I, I wanted to meet my kids, you know, my kids who didn't have language yet and just have a better understanding of like, who are these beings? <laughs> like, I could, you know, project my ideals on them or guess who they are, but like, why not just play with the system of support that, that could help them. Um, and I always think it's important to think, you know, we are always more than our designs. We are more than our chart. In fact, I think right. there's a big misunderstanding that people are like, this is my body graph. This is who I am. And it's like, actually you have the entire body graph in your chart because the transits still activate um, your chart every six days and a new energy. Or when we're sitting together and exchanging our energy, what's now activated in your body is different. You know, that's, uh, I downloaded another app (laughs) where you could add people to it. And it's interesting because my husband and I have very different body graphs, Mm -hmm. but us together, the body graph was whole. Oh, cool. Is that kind of what you mean? Like, like something about you might ignite something in me yeah, and make it seem more um, open. I think about like, um, there's this thing called hanging gate. So it's like, um, there's channels that would be connection between those nine centers. That would be a full connect. The hanging gates are if only just half of that is activated. And oftentimes, depending on our splits and a whole lot of other fun stuff, um, we will want to attract that that other half. Oh, you know, or for me, I'm a triple split and um I connect my mind by the public aura. Like I don't ha- I'm not sitting and engaging or needing to be in a deep relationship with someone. I need to sort of like just rub with other auras in public. So the pandemic was kind of challenging for me because that sense of like cabin fever was very real and my aha moments are not in the shower they're in the aisles of target you know like i, I feel don't know what i am up, which yeah i mean we should totally look at that it'll be fun but um these things these we're gonna like, these little insights or these nuggets or just like the way to help um my kids um with decision making right like how can i help support them because as a mom, for me, like confidence is a really important thing. I don't yeah. know why I've like really attached myself to like, I feel like you can do anything if you have confidence and you can be a good person and stand up for people if you have confidence and like all this stuff stems from confidence. Yeah, it really does. And so like with kids, you think about like, okay, well, how can we build confidence? Like, well, we build their ability to feel like they can trust their own bodies, trust their voices, trust their decision-making skills. And so that's kind of why I ended up studying it. <laughs> What's well, interesting. I was just having a conversation with, I, I feel like every thought I have starts with, I was just having a conversation with someone about this, um, about how, uh, the mind body connection isn't really there. And 
I feel like my mind body connection has gotten a lot stronger in the past few years. And because I wasn't listening to my body, Mm. I don't know how to listen to it, but kind of what you're saying, like as a child, when you are feeling, when you're feeling upset and someone tells you you're overreacting or you're being too sensitive, that distrust starts kicking in like, oh, maybe I am. So you forget how to trust your body because your mind and your body are telling you two different things. And then somebody else is coming in telling you something completely different. So then you feel shame. Yeah. Yes. And shame is a real quick way to lose that confidence. (laughs) It really is. Yeah, sure is. I love like, so that example right there, we see this dynamic a lot with parents and kids where someone will have a defined emotional solar plexus and a child won't have that defined. And if it's open, think of it, and we're just doing really simple terms for this, um, the receiving. You're taking in energy when um, one of those um, centers is open and when it's defined, think about it as an output. So if we have that parent-child dynamic, which already has like a power struggle and authority struggle anyway, and we have this child experiencing um, parents who have large emotions or are allowed to have large emotions – And a child who's receiving that, amplifying it in their system, they start to learn, like, actually, it's easier if I don't speak my truth. Actually, it's easier if I walk on eggshells because I don't want to sense what I sense when I um, disrupt their emotional balance or their emotional experience, right? So we see people-pleasing behaviors often or um, I have to be The way I'm relating to this right now. Yeah. And it goes the other way, too. Like, if we have you know, a defined emotional center child and an open adult where the child's simply expressing normal level emotions and the adult is sensing it so much larger because you take in and you amplify often, then we're taught that we're too much. We're too big. Your emotions need to be done in another room, right? And we start to build shame about expressing those things or being too big. Yeah. And I have um, children who have that dynamic. Um that one is the same as me as one is opposite of me. And my husband and I are also opposite. So that awareness alone in my household of knowing, okay, whose emotions is this, is this really right now? And do we right. all need to be able to like, let's, let's actually just take a step back. Everybody take a break. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that dynamic can really, you know, really I really see it in households. <laughs> I really want to see what my kids are, and I can't believe I haven't done it yet. But I I'm can't, surprised you haven't. I can't find their original birth certificates or their hospital births. I have the originals, yeah, but I can't find the county locally. You I mean, can, yeah, you can just call the county because I'm like I know their birthdays. I just don't yeah. know what time they were born. I got a lot of numbers to remember. Oh, no. My son was born in the Marshall Islands, so I don't know who I could call to see. Yeah, okay, so we're gonna do a human design reading. For sure, because I think yeah, no. Nick on Saturdays first with Spirit, I'm coming. I to am. See I'm you. doing intro at that one. You are? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, we're doing. We won't that. go into the nine center stuff, but it'll give you a really good um, or start to dive in a little bit deeper than what you had found on the app. Yeah, because that's definitely what I'm feeling. Like the app is great, mm-hmm. but there's so much more to it. Yeah, than there's so I much value read. when there's like back and forth, you know, to help like understand because people understand things differently. So, so I want to know, like, let's dive deeper about you. How did you even get into this? 
Yeah. I want to know that story. (laughs) It's a journey. Um, So it's interesting. My mom, um, I grew up with a dad who was like a Roman Catholic faith, Italian, you know, we're very much of the family. Um, We go to church, you know, and my mom, who was more of a metaphysical background. Ah. So this dynamic had always kind of coexisted in our home. And it got to the point when my mom was studying at the school of metaphysics, she's a Reiki master, um, that expression became stronger. Yeah. And I remember as a child really resonating with what my mom had to say often. Not that my dad didn't, but more of like just lumping it as Catholicism. Let's do that. And I remember, um, when do you get confirmation? Is it seventh or eighth grade? Oh, gosh. Um, because I, I, I grew up Catholic. I think it's seventh grade. I think it was seventh because I ended up having to change schools actually. Now that I think about it. I, so I ended up not getting confirmed because I was like, this isn't, this isn't for me. Um, and there's too many questions that no one seems to have an answer for. And, you know, it just started the, the deconstruction or the breakdown <laughs> or the like looking, what did my mom have to say started kind of early for me. And, um, you know, I grew up like if you have an issue, you go get biofeedback, and like if you, you know, you're so were your injured. parents together? Um, eventually, my parents did divorce, but they're still okay. best friends. So it's really interesting. My parents are better as friends than they were married. I okay. love that. Nice. Um, so it's still like a unit, but you know, <laughs> that's <laughs> cool because you don't see that often. You know, they were able to. Um, they were able to really figure out the whole co-parenting thing. I think my my mom is also like I think a living angel. To be honest, like the woman has the amount of um, like forgiveness and compassion and spades, you know. And I think my dad has grown a lot. Like I don't want to underestimate his growth either. Um, and he's coming over to you know this side a little bit. Oh, he's definitely okay. had some like treatments and. Um, you know, he's done some theta healing and like, he's definitely open. Um, so that's really nice. He's also a projector. Um, but so I have this, you know, in the background, right, this undercurrent of my mom's influence. And I had an experience in the third grade where this also is sort of the thing that lives in the undercurrent of who I am. Um, but I, I was, you know a young person in despair. <laughs> like everything feels really intense and like, you're never going to live through it. Yeah. And I remember being curled up at the foot of my bed. Oh my God. I might cry. Sorry. No, cry. <laughs> yeah, okay. I remember being curled up at the foot of my bed and feeling like there was no way out. And I felt heat first. And I remember just like feeling like almost like an intense like space heater, <laughs> like that wow. feeling on my body. And I remember like, you know, because it's kind of curled down, like think butt up, you know, on the bed. And and I look over and I see the most intense light. And it was. I don't know how to describe it because it's hard to put in words outside of like the most intense experience of unconditional love I have ever felt in my life. The only thing, like, remotely, like, a fraction is, like, when I've held my babies for the first time. Wow. And I've come to understand, or the way in which my mind processes it as 
it was an angelic being and that I needed to get some shit straight. That, like, I was worthy and I was worth it and I was here for a reason. And from that day forward, I really found my ability to find joy in every journey, even when there was tough spots, you know? And I'm not saying, like, high-vibe optimism, like, you know, everything's always okay, but just, like, that I can move through anything and uh-huh. still find happiness. And so I I actually re- remember writing an essay about it, I think, in the fifth grade, and it was, like, framed in my Catholic school at the time. <laughs> I wish I could find that essay. Call I would love school. to have it now. But um, so that happened. So these are the two major things that are, like, living underneath me. I grew up wanting to be um, in theater, not on stage. I was very passionate about the backstage stuff. I really wanted to be a director. I wanted to be a stage manager. And through this experience, I start to learn that I actually want to be a casting director. I love helping people get from point A to point B. And I do not stop. From the moment I graduate high school, I am like, I'm going to be this. And I'm working every like angle here. I am not traveling. I'm not doing any sort of fun things with friends. I'm literally like trying to have the experience there's no degree in casting so you have to just kind of work your way up wow and um and i do that and in the meantime i my husband's always sort of like poking me about like the side of me you know like whether he wants to talk about it or bring it up or like remember that thing that happened to you or like you know all this stuff right and one time i'm you know, so focused on like the work, right. The work with casting and just like climbing. He was like, I think you need a hobby. Like you cannot like let your work be your hobby, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I think you would be really interested in this school. And it was um, at the time called envision school for psychics. And he was like, I found it. He was a Lyft driver at the time. And he was like, I think that you would really drive. They had a graduation. They invited me up. Like, so he was like, I'm just going to like go up there. And it was like this healing center. It was really cool. And like I have found in the rest of my life, Nick is often someone who is like my weird connective tissue to things and opportunities. But, um, but so I go and I start to study energy healing with them and I love it and it feels so natural and so normal. And, um, so I kind of do it as like soul food on the side, like, you know, like (laughs) actors may come to my house and like, you know, I'm doing these energy treatments, (laughs) you know, um, these experiences And then one time, um, I'm working with someone and she was a friend of a friend. I didn't know her. She was still in the community. She was, um, in the production side, like TV film side. And I suddenly sensed that there was a being with me and I don't want to freak her out. I've never experienced this before in the, in the way that I was experiencing it. And I'm like, okay. You got to play it cool. Don't don't freak her out. And I was like, do you have a male figure that has passed? And I like don't even know how to navigate the conversation. But I also know that I have this really weird thing with my tongue. Like uh, it's kind of like an inner pendulum. But if it starts to curl up, it means like I have to get these words off my mouth. Um, and so I know when to share and when not to share essentially because of that. So I start sharing and turns out her father had passed and we start talking about these circumstances and it's validating and we're all crying. And like the experience left me sort of like 
shaken. And I call my mentors. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I have goosebumps. Like, I don't know how this happened. I don't know. I, I mean, I felt the person. You know what I mean? And and I'm I'm really freaking out because I also like have a baby in the other room. <laughs> like I was like, is this spirit here? <laughs> I'm so freaked out. I don't know what to do because I just wasn't prepared for something like that. But I think I got to a certain state of openness that like there was. So that was another marker of like, hmm. There's something here that I'm not going to look at, though. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to focus on this. Long story. Now I'll start to get it shorter. Sorry. Um, <laughs> like, Love it. So that experience happens. And I continue to cultivate the, like, learnings and the teachings that I enjoy as I'm climbing the ranks of a casting. And then something happens where I just start not feeling um, called to live in Chicago anymore. And I'm like... I don't know why this is happening. I'm feeling dissatisfied. I freaking love that job. I worked hard to get there. I love the people I work with. Like, why is this unsatisfying feeling happening to me? And Nick, ever so wise, you know, is like, well, why don't you just like meet it with openness and curiosity? And what an amazing you know, husband. I mean, he really is. <laughs> very, very lucky. And, wow. and, you know, if something happens, then like maybe we consider it. And, that something did happen. I ended up being um, in communication with an incredible startup company that was here in Louisville, Kentucky um, called Level Up. And I ended up coming on and working for them as their director of operations and then eventually their director of product. And so the, the shift was the most like natural, easy, one foot in front of the other shift from leaving what I loved in Chicago to like coming here, which seemed insane. Everyone was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're at the height of your career and you're like just leaving. I'm like, I don't know. So when was anymore. this? 2018. Wow. So you really haven't been here too long. No. And, um, you know, I loved working with level up. It was incredible. I loved uh, again, this theme of like helping people get from point A to point B is always in my life. And through each job, no matter what. And um, then, of course, during the pandemic, like we just we couldn't pivot quick enough and lost funding. But I had already started Guided Place as like my side thing, because right I was doing that side thing in Chicago. And I was like, oh, I kind of want to have like a way to express myself in this way. And, you know, when the job when I lost the job, Nick again. It's like this good old Nick. I mean, who's no, this Nick guy? He was like, "Well, you already have guided place. Why don't you like take a break since you've been working since you were fourteen and like just chill for a second? I, I love you, your babe. husband. I know. He is and so I do. And then it works. Like I don't know. He has so much faith in you. Oh my god, he does. Yes, I love it. It's amazing. And and he's like. I mean, he's not the person that's like happy wife, happy life kind of support. It's like he genuinely is like, you should explore this and like, don't put a time frame on it. Even if we have debt, like we're going to figure this out. He sounds a lot like me, but me trying to get my husband to get on board with that is very hard because I'm like, just yeah. trust the process. It'll happen. It's going to be fine. And he's like, we have bills. Well, I think Nick has witnessed how we've done things in our lives where he's like, this is fucking magic. He trusts like, you. Yeah. Like and he so has he's full like, witnessed faith in magic, right? Like he's witnessed the everyday magic that exists. And so I think he's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> do that, babe. I mean, it doesn't mean that 
you know, we don't have financial conversations. I don't want to sure. like, completely paint this picture that, you know, we're like this perfect. I mean, we're pretty close, but like, <laughs> no, but we do have these like conversations of, you know, like what, what does this feel like? But he's always giving me my medicine back to me, which is painful and also amazing. He's like, he'll be the quickest person to be like, you need to go guide a place. Like if I get, if I get into like tizzy about like money or something, he'll just be like, have you gone to guide a place? Oh my you need to have some energy shifted. Yeah, like, you need to go to God's place. Um, and it is interesting because it does remind me often, like, you know, I have to walk the walk, not just talk it. And so I'm in a beautiful free falling state knowing that the parachute is there. It's like that picture on Instagram that's like, this guy jumping off a cliff and this hand above him, like flicking him off of the cliff and the hand is the universe. And then the hand below is also the universe. And it's interesting. Like I say that, that um, I love, I love that your husband trusts and knows that you, that the universe has got you. Um, The few times I have asked my husband to trust that that's going to happen. It's happened. Yeah. And, you know, he got a new job and he was like, dude, I don't know what's happening. Like, I've got like all these recruiters coming at me and it's coming all at me all at once. And I was like, I told you we'd be fine. You know, so when that happened, it's like every little time something falls into place where he was freaking out, it builds this trust of not in me, well, maybe in me, but like not in that I know what I'm doing, but like okay, she's, she might be right. She might be onto something. The universe is always going to figure out a way to make it work. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And I think that the moments of like trust that are built really helps us understand what faith is. Uh. And like, I start to, to learn what is it to have faith in me and co-creating with the universe? And there are definitely very human moments, you know, still where I'll panic or I'll get nervous or I'll be frustrated like, oh, I'm sorry, we couldn't get these things because I'm choosing this. And then the the awareness that he has to reframe, you know, um, is super helpful to me. So, like, that dynamic is very um, give and take in the sense of, like, who's lifting each other up often, you know? We're a very yin-yang couple, I guess, in that way. But I, I have immense faith because of the fact that I can't ignore the moments of trust that have been answered. And to ignore it would be completely without integrity with who I am. So it's impossible now for me to know another way than forward. It's like not knowing what the next step is. But just trusting that like whatever step you're taking is, is leading you to the right thing. Yeah. And it's not easy to be detached from the outcome. Like that's one of the hardest things I think in today's society to do. Well, two things. One, listen to our intuition because we're constantly rationalizing it away. Um, And then also like, what is it to not have the like end goal already figured out? Like, especially with terms of like manifestation and things like that, where it's like sometimes there's the pressure to feel like you have to know where you're headed 
And to me, I'm living a life with like, I know how I want to move through the world. And I don't know what that looks like at the end, but I know it when I'm living it. And it keeps me in such a present place that I I feel expansive. <laughs> I feel incredible. And I feel supported. And I feel connected to both the the seen and the unseen. We, you, <laughs> we just talked about that in our last episode and just like trusting and watching life unfold. And it doesn't mean that you don't have to do anything. Like you don't just get to sit back silver platter it up and watch it happen like so i can't just stay at home and lay in bed and watch netflix and and then wait on something to happen nope that's not how it works i don't know but it's it's interesting because it just keeps coming up in conversation because i think people look at me like i'm crazy when they're like well what's the next step when i start i i have opened up to a few clients about me not doing this like i have a year left on my lease and and after that i'm i'm done. And they're like, what are you going to do? Like, I don't know. But isn't the unknown so fun? I love it. Yeah. But it freaks a lot of people out. It does. I mean, we're taught to sort of fear the unknown. Like that's a big conditioning in our societies. Um, and meeting that with such curiosity instead, um, feels invigorating. Like, so I often talk about how fear and excitement have the same physiological response. Yeah. You know, the like nervous belly or butterflies or the feeling that tightness in our throat because we're scared um, or the adrenaline rush (laughs) or the nervousness for like what is to come. Right. Some people even have sweaty palms like either or. And I had to really practice turning or transmuting fear into excitement when I was like leaving Chicago to come here because even just, you know, everything was so different. I mean, like, politically, but also opportunities for Vivian and for my husband and his jobs, you know, um, all of that was different (laughs) and and it didn't always feel great. And so oftentimes, as soon as I was feeling fear creep in, I would be like, I'm just so excited to see what's going to happen. I'm so excited to figure it out. I love that shift. Just that that little shift. And that is cultivating spiritual work. Right. Like that is so when it people say it's like hippy dippy or it's whatever, whatever, it's like, no, this is the real world exercise of trying to cultivate connected this with or connectivity with my myself and my soul. Right. Yeah. Just through reframing. I love you. I think <laughs> we all did. Just we just became I think I'm falling in love with you. <laughs> So it's just interest. It's just so I talk a lot about, well, this is crazy because I didn't know I was a manifester until we figured out I was a manifester, but I have talked so much about how I really truly believe. And I said this before I knew that, that in some weird way I have manifested the life that I have. And that sounds crazy to some people, but I'm like, no, I think I did. I don't think it sounds crazy at all. Speaking it into existence, like even through my husband's sobriety and his, his shame spirals, because that's a big thing in sobriety is these intense feelings of shame and guilt. And it's kind of why they continue to drink because they don't like feeling that. But he would have these intense spirals and be like, 
you deserve better. And we, I can't do this. And I've done too much damage. And I would be like, no, it's fine. It's going to work out. It's going to be okay. This is just a lesson. We're working through it. And, and this is a first time for us. Like this is the first time we're learning this lesson together. And it's the first time we're learning this lesson sober. And even though this situation has looked like it's happened before in several different ways over the years, this is the first time we're looking at it for what it is. Mm. So just speaking that positivity and that, um, almost like it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. It's going to work. It worked. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I can't, it's not to discredit the hard work that he put in or the hard work that we put in together, but I really feel like some of the stuff that's happened is, is completely inexplainable other than I spoke that into existence. Yeah. And does that sound crazy? No. Okay. I mean, my, a lot of my life that. sounds I know crazy. I keep saying that. I mean, I just told you that I like talk to dead people. And it's like, <laughs> I, know, like, you know what I, mean? I still, I still have to learn to accept all of myself all the time. You think I like Vivian has play dates. You think I tell the moms what I do? No, still. Oh, that's a hard one. I'm like, maybe oh. we should create a mom group. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want them to ostracize her. I don't want them to, you know, there's a lot of, there's some culture here that would then be like, you're doing the devil's work. I'm like, Jesus did <laughs> miracles, you guys. I still pray to God. Like I some have a deep relationship here, yeah. with God still, which I know it's different for spiritual people in different levels, but yeah. See, and I feel like it's all in the same. Like I, I do have someone who, who is, a friend of mine and she's, she's very Christian, but she was like, Oh, I can't do Reiki. That goes against everything I believe. But then there are so many other things that we connect on. Jesus held people's hands and limbs and heads and chins and they walked and they spoke and they, uh, I mean, what are we talking about? Are we reading the same book? That's kind of, there's this language (laughs) really confused here barrier where (laughs) the word terrifies them. And it's the same thing. Like you're seeing beings or entities or angels or spirit guides. I'm like, to me, what's the difference? Like a spirit guide and an angel, but they live their life based on fear. A lot of it's on fear. Like, Oh, I can't go into that because that's bad. Because that God is a, uh, what is they call it? A God fearing. I'm a God-fearing person. Yeah. Like, actually, God, like, that's why I didn't get confirmed. Like, I don't subscribe to a God that I fear. Oh, my God. Like, well, and you you have, like, I feel like there's, especially American Christianity, there's, like, again, this box of how it should be. And I don't think that it should be that. I think that it's okay to be open and it's okay to explore and it's okay to ask questions. But oftentimes within, you know, that culture, it you can't ask questions and there is a lot of shame and then they put fear into you. And so to kind of like go against that and be like, no, like I do have this faith, but I want to explore it and what it means to me. That's OK. Yeah. So uh, have you read the four agreements? I have. OK. You haven't yet, have you? Okay. Okay. It it talks a lot about in the beginning, um, the, what is the word? The domestication of humans. And it talks a lot about fear and fear in religion and fear in. There's fear in everything, politics and 
but it, 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 it kind of goes like that God fearing, like, like it's, you're taught to fear what you don't know. So you are like, okay, I'm going to, okay. All right. I won't touch it. Yeah. I won't access that. I well, won't and, try and think about how much that pertains to other things now. Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, I don't want to do that. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to be that person. I, I'm in this box with all these other people right here. If I go, if I go outside of that and you know, then you don't know where to fit in, get shamed or ridiculed or whatever. So let me ask you this. You're a three, five, the experimenter and, um, the liberator. Is that what you would call them? I would refer to them as the experimenter and the mentor. Um, it's different. Oh. It's, now that we've seen like new age, um, which should happen, right? Like we have a system and then the system shifts and changes. Um, and there's going to be certain language that really works and certain language that doesn't for whomever. And I think that's what's so beautiful about the system, just like anything that's been sort of like moved through ancient times, right? Color therapy is not new. That's existed <laughs> for millennia, right? But I, so for me, the experimenter is, I think that really works. A lot of people will call it the scientist, um, which I also think works because it's all about sort of um, bumping into shit, getting messy, getting your hands dirty, right? Like I love to think about it as like if I told you, um, oh, hey, that fire's hot, you'd be like, I'm going to go touch it. Yes. I got to go find that out. I got to get near it, right? So if I were your parent and I was like, that boy's bad for you or girl, whomever, they. You want to go um, check it out. You're like. I love that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Just because you say something doesn't mean I know. And the only reason why we make strong mentors down the road is because of what we've experienced, because of what we risked, because of, you know, whatever that brand of projector or manifester you are in that three five. Right. So to me, I, like I always people will be like, are you afraid to make mistakes? And I'm like, like, no, like failure has always been my best lesson. I love to build a plane while I'm flying it. You know what I mean? I love to I love be the that. person I who love wants to, to build pivot. a plane while I'm flying it. Like to me, I'm like, oh shit, we're going to change that. Like that wasn't working, you know? <laughs> like don't take yourself so seriously, right? Because we won't, I feel like I have learned what are the things to struggle for, right? And I only learn that if I like am willing to do things wrong or bump into shit. You know, and then as the five, like people can be like, oh, wait, like she knows that because she's she's been there. You know, she's had that experience. So I often think our brand of line five is often a direct correlation to what we have experienced in this lifetime or the many lifetimes that we're now remembering. I know I'm seeing so many connections because we made this connection to why are we the ones who were willing to be brave and do this medicine that most people are so afraid of? Why were we willing to do it? Um, and I, I see it a little bit different now because I, I do think it, it wasn't just that we've kind of done that with a lot of things in our life. Like the way that you were questioning Catholicism, you know, I said in another episode, I question a lot as a child, you know, my mom, I remember her saying to me, like, you just have to have faith. And I'm like, but what is that faith in what, 
Oh, yeah, I drove my you mom have to crazy. Cultivate it, right? Yeah, you and don't know it when someone else says it. You gotta know it for yourself. Like there was no experience for me that led to me having faith in any type of way until recently. Um, but you're exactly right. That that like three five the experimenter that just just wanting to see things for themselves and try it out for themselves. And I think my I think I might have a ten year old who's like that. Oh yeah, you do. Because we had a curling iron on for family photos at the beach several years ago. And he was like, how hot is that? And I said, it's like 410 degrees. Don't touch it. And literally oh, no. seconds later, he grabbed it <laughs> and blistered on his hands. Our entire family photos, like he's carrying an ice bottle and like it, you could see the photos, like it's like in his hand the oh, whole time. Oh my gosh, bless his heart. I, oh God. Yeah. It blistered almost immediately, but I was like, hmm, I really need to do their charts just yeah, to see because yeah. what you were saying earlier about not, well, I think we all need, I think we need to parent our kids differently because our kids are different. Mm-hmm. And there's no one way to parent. And I have found without human design that one reacts to um, taking things away better than he reacts to giving, you know, like punishment wise. Mm -hmm. I have one child who if I'm like, if you don't eat your dinner, you're going to go to bed early. And he'll say, I was tired anyway. <laughs> That's Austin. <laughs> I'm sure you can see that. So I have had to reframe it and say, if you, I have had to do a reward system. If you eat your dinner, you can have this instead of taking things away. If that makes any sense, totally makes sense. So I would love to figure that out for all of them because I feel like, I mean, I know them. I could probably guess what they are, but I would love to know more. Yeah. And, and sometimes like you, you know, you can be a really conditioned version of what you are too. You know, for me, like <laughs> recognizing that I was a projector was actually kind of a great shock. Not in the sense of like, I really love intimate dynamic. I love to get past surface talk and I want to be right in the nitty gritty. Like all those things made a lot of sense. What didn't and was, I was like a machine. I mean, I like wore a badge of honor for being as busy as I was and as um, efficient as I was. And nothing made me feel better than to be the person who could like not only have a full-time casting job, but also have a casting company on the side that was freelancing. You know what I mean? Like I never saw my child (laughs) for her first three years. Um, And I thought that was awesome. You're like, I'm doing it. That's sad. I'm showing her what it is to like, yeah, I'm showing her what it is to be a working woman, chase your dreams, do your, you know what I mean? And like, Actually, no, I was just a really conditioned projector because we can like work circles around people. I didn't know how to turn off or when enough was actually enough. And I only had the value system of output, right? Like what I produce is my value. And like that shift was monumentous. Wow. So how has that changed now? Because that's how I I was with six packs and just being in... The fitness industry always worked long hours, terrible hours, grind, grind, grind. Yeah. And I I don't really, yeah. No, honestly, the thing that had had to help was the pandemic because even when I, you know, 
left the casting job, which is time intensive anyway. So everybody's giving so much time. But like when I went to the new job, my goal was like, oh, I'll work less. Right. But even then I like didn't know how to put work down because I wanted them to be proud and I wanted them to see the difference I was making. Right. And so again, the value system. And it wasn't until the pandemic where I was like, I had a nursing baby and a child like at the same time and was working like 12 hours a day, just like really trying to pivot this company so it could be successful during a pandemic. And you can't, like you can't work 12 hours, right? Like I had to slow down. And then I started to realize like, as I gave myself, I had to make actual parameters or we were not going to survive the first 12 weeks of the pandemic, like with all of us in a house trying to like do it all. Um, and I made really solid bound, like boundaries of like, okay, I'm not working during this hour because I'm going to play outside with the kids or I'm going to take them for a walk or do something because they have to get out of the house for them to be able to give me the three hours later, right? It was like piecemeal and everything. And it started to really break down this system. And the more it got broken down, the more I was like, oh shit, I'm like really efficient if I'm rested and I'm tired and can get the same work amount of work done than I do when I overwork. Like it, it was wild. Two major shifts I think happened during the pandemic. One about like my workforce energy is actually just like incredible. Like I feel like sometimes people be like, oh, this is going to take me eight hours. And I'd be like, that's going to take me 20 minutes. Like yeah. I, I don't, my level of efficiency is, I, I don't know how I have it, <laughs> but I know now that when I actually rest and allow myself that I can be super efficient in a shorter amount of time. Um, the other thing that happened was like my, my perception of money. Okay. How so? Okay. So I had a really nice salary (laughs) and then the rug got pulled out from underneath me. And then it's like, okay, now you, now you don't, you have no monies coming in. (laughs) No money. No money. And yes, I was doing, I was doing guided plays, but like at that time I wasn't like trying to pay my bills with it. You know what I mean? I was trying to like have, have a shopping fun or a trip with it. And somehow, despite not having a nice salary, I was still like, I was like, okay, I know I have to be a mindful purchaser. And I don't know how, but I have still had all the things that I want, despite not having the consistent salary. And it blows my mind all the time because the only thing that could have happened is a reframe about how I view the things that I want, which added mindfulness, you know, I guess I used to shop because like when you have a salary or you have money coming in, it doesn't have to be a salary. Um, you, you just get to get, like, I would be in a bad mood and I would like go shopping cause that would be like my therapy. You know, I would just be like, I'm going to feel better after I spend money, which is very true. I mean, you kind of do. I just, yeah. It's a drug. <laughs> it is, it is it's a, a drug. drug. Yeah. But you, I started to, well, then I found out like, actually what I'm doing is I'm wanting my triple split to be met. So really I just want to be in target aisles, not to actually shop, but because I needed my, my system to feel whole to be around. And people. so I was equating uh, things incorrectly, but um, so that also happened. So maybe that also helped me release, but I don't know how it is that like that big of a shift could happen because I'm not within a state of want anymore. And I still get to get the jeans that I want, or I still get to go get my kids new shoes or things like that. Like it's still surprising me to this day how that has shifted. And I wish I had the formula, like I wish I understood, (laughs) 
And maybe I will. Like, it'll dawn on me or I'll go walk the Kroger aisle and I'll have my aha moment Ding, ding, ding. But, like, because it made such a shift for me. Because I was was definitely scared, you know? And, like, what's, what's to come of us? But it hasn't changed much. That's incredible. That, that's like what we were talking about earlier, like changing your life or everybody says, if you don't like your life, change it, but it's not that simple. You can just literally change your perspective. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about earlier about um, transmuting fear into excitement. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't think that comes easy for a lot of people to first recognize what they're feeling, but to also reframe it, um, to change what it means for them. Uh, that's a practice. Oh yeah, for sure. And the power of words and the power of intention and the power of mindfulness is, is incredible. So instead of waking up and saying something like, Oh, I can't, I don't want to work today. I have to go into work to say, you know, it's as simple as waking up and saying, I get to go to work today mm-hmm. and I get to interact with people. And and that sounds crazy. It sounds like such a simple concept, but I do think that there's a lot of power in that, that people aren't tapping into. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes it's just even like I got out of bed and took a shower and like, that's amazing. Well, and like on, days where I just don't do anything at all. I used to feel a lot of shame around it. Like I did not do anything today. Protect your shame. Yeah. (laughs) Where now I'm like, no, I needed rest. My body was telling me that I was tired. Mm. So I rested and that's okay. Yeah. So I started learning. Well, not learning. I I literally just Googled the other day what flow state is. Mm -hmm. I don't know much about it. But I have a hard time staying focused. So while I'm like editing our podcast, I'm like, I've also got my phone. And if somebody texts me, I'm like, ooh. And then I get on Instagram and then I check something else. And then I check something else. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm supposed to be editing. So (laughs) (laughs) it takes me a very long time to do something that what you were saying, like, it would take me eight hours where you could go in and do it in 20 minutes. Is that because you're able to have this like flow state of like mindfulness and your energy is put into one thing and you don't step outside of that until you're done? That's a really great question. Can I ask you a question back? Yeah. Do you want to experience the freedom and flexibility that you have when you're able to sort of what you call distractions, but might just be following your urges and the way your mind's going. Like, do you like that? Or are you actively like, no, I don't want to be like that. That's a really hard question. Yeah, Because you might actually enjoy the freedom of that and using your brain different ways, you know, like that. But if you're actively trying to say like, oh, I do want to be more efficient because I want to spend more time doing X, Y, Z, then like, then you, then you have a nice little projector who comes around who loves systems and operations, because that's one thing that we tend to see both the macro and the micro. And I would say like, okay, well, we're going to set the time block system for you. 
And, you know, there are these increments for me, I like 45 minute increments, but some, you know, a manifestor might only like 20 minute increments. And like, there are different ways of approaching that to satisfy the different needs. See, um, yeah, like, so I'm in charge of finding people and I'll email 50 people in a day. And then afterwards I'm like, okay, I'm going to kick back. <laughs> because I'm like, that was my role. I'm done. But with you, I feel like I I do have to guide you a little bit. And that, I think that's okay. I was because just about it, to it, say. Because, and, but it, because it's here, 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 and here. It's my mind is so many places, but, but I think that's okay. Well, it's okay for now because I would like to get to a place where that's not a thing, but I do, I have found that I enjoy the flexibility of doing what I want when I want. And I can't do that with my current job. Mm-hmm. The one that makes me money. <laughs> yeah. Not this one, <laughs> not the hobby um, our support job for our careers. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> the job I have to have to support my hobby. Um, I don't get that flexibility. I'm on other people's time all the time. And I have realized in the past few years that that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. You have to be on your time. I, I need my own time. And I enjoy the mornings where I wake up and we're recording and we don't have to be up and out of the house at a certain time. And I can just take my time and get ready as I need to. So I think for me, I'm trying to shift my life in a direction where that is something that I can do. And I don't feel guilty about not doing so much in a, such a small amount of time. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Okay. And I think like you'll start to cultivate even more of an awareness of like, how do I like my energy to work? How do, what is flow state for me? Right. And for you, that might mean that you have the freedom to like, look at the dings, you know what I mean? And you might change down the road and be like, actually what I need is I want really focused time so I can then get out of the house for a run, like whatever it is. But I think having the awareness of what you do and don't like really can help you carve out what it is because sometimes I think it's just shame from society or certain things that we're conditioning that we're putting on ourselves. Like, Oh, I'm not efficient because I'm easily distracted, but actually like maybe you really liked having that text conversation really quick. And then you found inspiration from that post that you saw. And then it was like, ah, now I should highlight this part of the podcast because this is what the people want to hear. That's where I think it's good that you come in because I've never not had it done in time. Yeah. I was like, like how I, do you run? Uh, yeah. If you do well with deadlines, like I, I love do. a boss who says, um, just get it done. Like do it when you're going to do it. And like long as it's done. That's, and is, is that a projector thing? Because I, I'm like, I don't care if it's different than me, as long as it's I don't done. know that it's necessarily. I love your thing. strengths I good, because they're my weaknesses, and it's good bossing. Yeah, I, so I have um, like my um, support job for my career. <laughs> I like that. I'm like a, a closeted Pinterest expert. So. <gasps> okay. Um, yeah. So I run um, her Pinterest account and um, some of her like new her newsletters, and. It's fun because it's like, I don't have the pressure of doing it on her time, but she knows it's going to get done. Like I'm going to hit the milestones, you know, and that might be in five, you know, 
uh, in five hours that week, or I might do something, you know, more artistic and with depth and that might be 10 hours that week, you know, but like the, the milestones will get hit. And, and I love that sort of freedom. Right. So I don't know. I think it's just different flow state for different. I think people are going to, it's definitely going to feel different, but for me, I love getting in the zone, but, um, like I would get so much in the zone that I like would not eat lunch. I would not get up and pee. I would not like, and that wasn't healthy. Okay. You Do know, you think that you have too much on your plate? It's not that like I can get it done. It's just, I, I feel like I just keep getting distracted. That's all. Yeah. Well, I also think like, as you start to, um, how you approach this podcast and you say you're wanting to have it more elevated and refined, like, you know, whether the type of editing that you're doing or now you're adding video, right? It's like you're adding more to your plate. You're definitely adding more work and you might not want to take away from sort of your free time, your free states. So that's where I would start utilizing some more of the traditional like system tools. And for projectors, like we naturally um, are people who probably excel in operations in systems in sort of um, managerial roles. The good managers are often going to be a projector. They often see strengths. Um, and so those strengths, they're also the connective tissues. So like, oh, you might need this or consider this. But I think a really good projector, and particularly if you were a projector manager, they don't lead through prescribing. They lead mm-hmm. through asking questions. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like, what do you need? Like, are you just like going down on yourself? Cause you're like, Oh man, I, I can't, I'm so distracted. I, I have too many things in my, you know, space, whatever, but it's like, really, <laughs> that's just how you operate. <laughs> but it's also this balance of like, what feels good to me. And that feels good to me. And yeah. I would rather be drowning in this than head above water in this, if that uh, makes any sense. Oh, yeah. Totally makes sense. Okay. Because think about the days when we record. Like, think about this right now. Like, I'm, like, getting emotional talking to Erica, and then I'm getting goosebumps, and then I'm laughing. Like, and it then, all feels really good. Well, and then after we get done interviewing somebody, I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking pumped right now. That was so awesome. No, it, it is. Like, I just, like, played, like, a fucking basketball game and like shot the winning three. I'm like, this is it. Yeah. This is it. That's what I mean. Like that feels good to me. Like putting my energy and my time and my focus into that feels really good, but it's this hard balance of like, hmm. you're putting a lot of hours into both. And that's what yeah. kind of stinks right now. And remember how that I is. mentioned that like we're all non-sacral beings. So the sacral center is like workforce energy, life force energy. It's the, um, we don't have it consistently. <laughs> like that's the, at the end of the day, we can sense burnout quicker. We are sometimes using borrowed energy. When right? you say we, do you mean us three? Us three, because we're non-sacral beings. So, I w- so my understanding of that is someone who my husband does really well with routine and nine to five. And that like at five o'clock, I shut down and no more work. I don't do well with that. Mm-hmm. I don't like the structure and the timing of other people. I want to do things on my own time. Same. Is that kind of... Yeah, it's not necessarily the structure and the timing. It's more about the how we feel um, 
lit up and that we have the sort of energy to do, the okay. energy to accomplish. And some days that might look differently for you. And especially if you're balancing two different things, one that's not um, kind of sparking joy. Like imagine that. Like if we're using all our energy up on a way that doesn't spark joy, like it's going to feel real depleting. <laughs> you know, whereas like when you're doing something like this where we're non-sacral but we're feeling really energized – it's because, you know, let's, you know, we're sparking joy. Let's use that phrasing. Um, so I think about the sacral in the sense of like, I don't get mad at myself when I feel like I can't push through. And I used to always, you know, judge myself for that. So some days, like when you're editing, you might feel, a, you know, great ease. And some days you're like, oh my God, this is a struggle bus. What's up? You know, and there's going to be an imbalance in that. So don't judge yourself for it. I also think it depends on the clients that I see that week because some are more, <laughs> more draining than others. Some you need to like, I need to take breaks from. I don't have enough. I do not have enough crystals in my workspace. I have them on my arms and that's about it. Yeah. Sometimes I in my bra. crystals because the way that I relate to that. Yeah. yeah we can like, get it's you. It's going to be interesting. I was like, what, that's why I was curious, like where, where are you sort of resonating with next? Like, okay, if she's doing this kind of like new body work, like, where are you curious? I don't really know. Like I'm, you know, very curious and I talk all the time about the psychedelic world, but I'm meeting all of these different people, these energy healers and Reiki, and I don't know. And so I guess right now in my journey, that's what I'm trying to figure out and just experiment and just trying to experiment and enjoy the ride and enjoy learning from other people and then kind of figuring out what sparks my interest in the sense of everything I'm really, really curious about, but what is, what's gonna resonate with me and it's going to spark joy. Yeah. yeah. But all of it sparks joy. Well, maybe it's like, this place of still this inner exploration, right? It's like these things are outside of yourself right now. Yeah. And so really tapping into like the sense of who you are, what it feels like on a different, you know, daily basis. What is guided meditation when I'm, you know, doing body scans for myself? Like maybe it's that you want everything to be coming from you, you know? Yeah. And that's where you are. Yeah. And I think, you know, I grew up with feeling a lot of shame. If I spoke up, then I'd feel shame. Or if I thought something different, feeling shame or just not really knowing who I am. And right now I'm just trying to enjoy it and explore that wherever that goes. It goes. That's kind of my first year in my journey. I was doing a lot of things and I said, in our last episode, it felt like I was having a little bit of an identity crisis Mm. because I would move on to the next and move on to the next. And I found joy in all of it. Kind of what you were just saying, like, but it was like figuring out what parts of it I wanted to keep. Yeah. It's like trying on things. I mean, like like you were not putting on an outfit, like, you're like, I'm going to keep this actually. I'm yeah. going to return that. Check. Yeah. So, you know, I, I went on this like bracelet making 
exploration. And, and I still do that. And my husband's like, so it was out a waste of money. And I was like, no, I <laughs> still a manifester. <laughs> do that. Like I still love also, doing that. I just haven't had the time and the energy to put into it what I was when I first started. Yeah, I studied herbalism. I mean, like I've studied lots of things. I have a breathworks, you know, certification. Like there's many things that I have, um, uh, collected over the years all those outfits right all those outfits but like sometimes i want to wear this one right now and i think with kind of our personalities there maybe was a lot of shame with that because it's like oh i'm here oh i'm here and even we've talked about how like us being so psychedelic 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 people would be like oh here here they are here they are on their new thing They're doing this new venture. Mm. Now she's doing this. Okay. Like whatever. Um, Even somebody referenced like, oh, she's talking about this. Like it's the new CrossFit. Ooh. Which. (laughs) But I like the way. um, But I think it's, I think it's brave. I think it's incredibly fucking brave to be like, yeah, I'm going to try that. Yeah. I like that. Or, well, you know, I'm going to take a break from that. And now I'm going to try this and I'm going to try this. That's fucking brave. And anyone who's like judging someone for trying to find more of themselves or healing, like, I, I don't know who that is, but I'm not interested in them. Ugh. You know, like, <clears throat> I'm interested in people who are going to be like, yeah, I'm so excited that you're you're doing that for yourself or exploring. Like, yeah. I mean, how that goes. You know? Well, and so I never told you this. My cousin, Priscilla, she texted me um, last week and she said... One of the things that I love the most about you and looked up, look up to is how you just do things. You just do things regardless of fear getting in the way. And she said, and I envy that. Mm. And no one's ever, cause a lot of times we get judgment and no one's ever really worded it like that. I'm like, yeah, I think this is yeah, fucking look cool. Look at your life three showing through for you. Yeah. Well, and I guess I want to s- I'm going to bring this back to your experience when you were in third grade. That experience for you was a very spiritual one. Yeah. And I didn't have a spiritual experience until I did mushrooms. And I think there are many different ways for people to get there. It doesn't have to be psychedelics, even though that's something that we talk about. We do talk about a lot of other things on this podcast right. and we introduce people to a lot of other ways of getting there. Um, that wasn't, the next big, that wasn't like for us, like that wasn't a experiment and now we're on to the next. That was a catalyst to finding ourselves. Um, the same way your spiritual experience was a catalyst to figuring out who you were. So it all kind of falls under that same umbrella for me. Like yeah. experimenting with different things is just us trying to find ourselves. Yeah. And it also still falls right back in line to that shame portion though because I didn't it didn't take me long to realize that people looked at my mom weird when she talked about xyz or that when I had a certain experience wasn't it was it was cool and safe when it was this but not when it's this and so I constantly am still where do I fit in and how do I carry shame still and allow myself to be all that I am. Even you saying like, well, I don't want to talk about it too much around, you know, my, the, you know, my kids. I I didn't want to put it on 
Facebook. Like, that's so dumb. Like, I, I don't – nobody from, like, Chicago outside of my really close friends have any idea that I do this here. What? Yeah. Um, it really is that, though. We get in our heads a lot. Yeah. And okay. my husband all the time is like, when, when are we, we going to put on Facebook? <laughs> And I'm like, I I'm love just, him. I'm just not. I know. I was like, I'm just not ready for the judgment. And I'm going to keep this for me where I want it right now. And like, you know, hopefully maybe one day, like I'll be, you know, excited to share in that way. When you're ready, add me as a friend on Facebook and I'm going to hype you the fuck up on that post. We can do it on Instagram, though, for sure, yes. though, right? In the meantime, I'm on Instagram. And it is I haven't said, yeah. So I had this, like, beta um, test of this, like, uh, like embodiment process for human design. And the person who betaed it for me, with me, um, was a Chicago actor. And we knew each other from there, also a projector. Um, someone that I felt safe doing it with. <laughs> and then, like... Uh, I forgot that like Instagram is connected to Facebook. And so like when we were like putting things out there, you know, and then I started to see some Chicago people like follow. And I remember the panic that was setting in and I was like, oh my gosh, Erica, like it is okay to be you. You are safe. Like just be you. And that. it is so exhausting to try and like put yourself in the closet after out of the closet. Is yeah. That, you know what I mean? And so I, like, I just, I haven't found the, like, bravery yet, but I think I will eventually. Like, it's coming. We yeah. haven't posted anything on Facebook either. Yeah? And, it's, and why is that? Like, Because Facebook is not always the vibe. No, I feel like not with always the vibe. Instagram, it's a little bit different because you post what you post, but there, it's... Yes, there are, you have friends that are following you, but you have like-minded people who you follow and follow you back. They follow, see you on the other side because they're curious or they've done psychedelics. Where's Facebook? It's a bunch of, you know, it's people who I went to high school with. It's people who I went to middle school with. And then I make a post about mushrooms. People are going to be like, okay, so remember Christine, we went to fourth grade with her. (laughs) She's fucking crazy. Yeah. I know. Which it's a, it's a, it's a different vibe. Maybe we'll I push am. each other. Yeah. So I I want to plug this uh, Saturday in. Yes. Because with what you were saying, like I'm excited that you're going. By the way, I know me because too. I've been trying to get you to go for a while, oh, but yeah. I've missed the past couple of months because I'm like, you know, I'll take a break. It's fine. Um, but this is a perfect chance for anyone to kind of dip their toes and experiment with a little bit of everything. Yeah. So Jenny Shanks um, curates it. She's a spiritual medium. She's an evidential medium um, in the area. And she, you know, has a mastermind program. So many of us have either like encountered her through going through her programs or her classes. Um, And she essentially has a like, a little marketplace, a spiritual marketplace, right? So not only can you get these really cool, um, you know, crystal jewelry or um, giftables that are um, handmade, you know, wooden shelves. Like there's so many little things that are there. Um, Sometimes it's candle makers. Sometimes it's um, Ayurveda uh, face oils. Like it's really beautiful. And then there's also practitioners. So you can have these miniature 
miniature, many experiences. <laughs> um, so usually they run somewhere between like 15 to 30 minutes long, depending on like the modality. And they're substantially cheaper than if you're going to like the site to just book right away. So I think it gives such a really amazing way to like taste something to see if it's for you. Um, and so I alternate between human design and color light therapy. Um, there's biofeedback. If you never experienced that, it's really cool. There's sometimes acupuncture, there's breath work. Um, obviously Jenny's there doing mediumship. Uh, Beth Berceau is amazing. Reiki, um, healer. She's actually a resident on the farm out there too. Um, so there's so much to be had and experienced out there. Aura reading. Oh yeah. The aura portraits. So, uh, Ray's aura photography portraits, um, is they're also at the new, location that I'm going to be at. So I'm in New Albany, but I now now opening a second location in Norton Commons called the Bodhi Tree. And so we're both going to be there, which will be fun. That's exciting. Yeah. I love that. That's and my then like my name. portrait up there, that was like an aura. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. So that's Kelly Luckett. She's amazing. Um, she's a intuitive artist and she actually made that. I think she's launching soon. Um, these really incredible like affirmation cards that she like hand painted and designed. They're gorgeous, but they're really cool. So is the Saturday with Sphere where you had your astral? No, that was after my taste of her, my miniature session with her. (laughs) I was like, this was awesome. I want to do it again. So the, the full session, the Kundalini session that I had was after going to her website and, and seeing that she also offered that. So she does a lot of things, but so this Saturday is Saturday, August 13th, Mm -hmm. um, 9am to one, nine to one. And I would suggest getting there early. Mm-hmm. Like it's we're going to be there at eight thirty, so so you can yeah. sign up for who you want to see throughout the day. And um, yeah, that was also where I had my reading with Jenny, and she said there was something in Sedona for me. So and I'll be going to Sedona in a few weeks. I love Sedona. That's <laughs> where I really came out to my husband. Oh. <laughs> About all the witchy stuff. (laughs) I was was actually where I experienced Dora Soma. Yeah. So I can send you the woman I went to if you want to experience it out there. Now she'll do the readings. She doesn't do um, the light therapy. therapy, But um, actually my mentor, Shanta, is out there too. She's amazing. (laughs) This is also something I really think even hearing you explain it, like it's such a hard thing to explain to someone. And yeah. I think you should just experience it for yourself yeah. if you're on this path and open to those things. Because I do think since being more open, the things that I experience are on such a different level. Yeah. And honestly, color therapy is so gentle and kind and nourishing and it's not scary. It's not... Um, it's a very gentle messenger. And even with color light therapy, where you can absolutely astral project during, it's still in a place where we're creating a setting that is safe and nourishing. You know, I don't, I don't want people to feel like they're launched into something they're not ready for. I was not ready for that, but I was. (laughs) You were ready. I was. (laughs) She's all like, I'm going to come get soul messages. Click Kundalini. (laughs) 
booked. I was like, I don't even know what I booked, <laughs> but I'm here. here I am. I'm here. Yeah. I'm ready. And I, I was not. Experience light therapy already from that session. So it's like, I, you know, if someone I had never met before booked that on the first time, I would be surprised because usually it's something you've at least encountered me before you would book a session like that because it does have some sort of you know, the vibrational frequency that I use for the language is more of uh, an intense experience. Oh, I'm coming back. <laughs> well, and so what I was so going to ask. protocol. Yeah, like a seven-week one. That's what so I'm going to So when do. I come see you, I don't even know what to do. Well, that's why I think it's so good to like read the, like read descriptions because they're there for a reason. And, yeah. and when you look at it and when you read it, what words pop out, what sort of do you feel like you gravitate towards, right? Again, like the greater guides within. A lot of people ask me, but if you want the like starter pack of Sartini <laughs> combs, like it usually comes with human design. Um, or if they really know they want to experience energetics, they'll, they're safe because of the word Reiki. They've heard Reiki before, so they'll be like, I'll do that. So then Orosoma Reiki is a beautiful treatment, super relaxing. I'm a Reiki master, but then I incorporate not only the light therapy treatment in it, but also the aromatherapeutics of Orosoma into that session. And it's, you know, a really nice revitalizing session that hopefully puts you in theta state where you're doing some healing work. <laughs> theta state. I just learned that recently because I started listening to that app where it like has affirmations that you speak at night. I downloaded that and I got the mask. I have an eye mask that I wear at night with like speakers built into it. Nice. And I downloaded this app where you speak your affirmations into it. So it's like listening to your voice, which is powerful in theta state. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Now I'm going to start doing that. I'm like 23 days, 23 days in a row. I've done it. Nice. So I fall asleep listening to myself, hyping myself up. (laughs) (laughs) Is it like, yes, bitch, you got this. No. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I've I've recorded some of them, so I know what it is. I think we need a reveal on one of the shows. Like what you're what I'm listening. Well, that's the reason I got the eye mask with the headphones because I'm like, as much as my husband hears me talking, I'm like, I don't want you to hear my affirmations. personal no but they're like you know you can go down the list and choose the ones that you want to record for yourself so it's not like you have to come up with them yourself but you know i think one of them that stood out to me last night was like um you have a lot to offer to the people in your life like something that that. simple because of you i downloaded it speaking it out and and believing it yeah. Because I think, yeah. again, we all doubt ourselves and we all have that internal shame. So I'm just trying to break out of that and believe that I have something to offer. And yeah. it's a really hard thing to believe when you didn't believe it for a very long time. I think that's amazing. I'm into it. Okay. There's so many fun tools. I know. We'll talk about that in another episode because I'm like, dude, I wish they were like giving us some money for that. Oh, shit, we're an hour and 40 minutes in. This always happens. I know. Always right. happens. So <laughs> we're going to see you. Yeah. Is it next Saturday? Yeah, not this Saturday. Well, by the time this comes out, though, it'll be the Saturday of. Oh, yeah. August 13th. Saturday, August 13th, Fox Hollow Farm. Um, Saturdays with Spirit. I think there's an Instagram page literally called Saturdays with Spirit. Yeah, or you can go to SaturdaysWithSpirit.com. Okay. And then your Instagram. Yeah, I'm at GuidedPlace, or you can find me at GuidedPlace.com. Okay. I'm so excited. You're going to be... 
doing so many things. <laughs> I can't wait to report back. I know we're going to report back. So thank you so much for coming on today and Thanks explaining so much. <laughs> um, and we will see, see you in a coming. couple weeks. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we'll see you no, on the, the other, other side. side. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going. Oh my God, I love it.